This is the Straight Dope Podcast. Here I am. This this one's uh, me alone. I've been spent a lot of time alone, as as most of you probably already know. Uh, I injured my back earlier in the year. It had been a, a kind of an ongoing issue, but anyway, it got uh, injured. Was dealing with it. The level finally collapsed. So I had to have my uh, low back fused, and in that fusion, it's kind of rendered me unable to pick up more than 10 pounds. And for the next three to four months, probably won't be able to shoot, uh, probably won't be able to do a whole heck of a lot uh, in terms of the stuff that that I really like to do, uh, rock climbing, running, adventuring, shooting, and going to competitions. So I'm concentrating on the podcast, uh, media projects, sponsorships, and coaching. So uh, as well as the, the, the Straight Dope podcast. But uh, you know, because of surgery and, and things going on, uh, it's kind of limited the time to do these one-on-one conversations. I've had a couple, but, um, you know, life happens and, and we need to move forward. But I think it's a, a cool opportunity to talk about uh, setting goals. And I'm going to talk to, to um, Josh Lemon a little bit later today for another episode on setbacks and dealing with psychological or life or physical setbacks and ways to go around it. What I want to talk about on my own now is kind of making some generalized plans and how to deal with, you know, not losing sight of the goals that you had, despite the fact that things can come in or you have nothing going on and you just want to be a little bit better at making those plans towards whatever those goals that you want to achieve are. I've done a lot of things and I've kind of made a life of achieving goals so this is a topic that I can speak to credibly in, in a number of different disciplines. So I think it, it would be pretty fun to talk about because it's something that I find myself doing for myself anyway. And it allows me to go into deeper discussions and specifics on the subcast. And so uh, for those folks, then they get a little bit more specifics. And then the folks like you who want to listen and do things more on your own, you get a general idea and, and, and the ability to think about things or see how I would think about it and start approaching it if you were going to work with me on accomplishing those goals. And so the people that I coach and the people part of the 4 Plus 1 program and uh, those coaching and training programs that I'm involved with, a lot of it starts with concepts like this. So, so let's, let's talk about, um, you know, let's talk about shooting. All, everybody listening to this has something that they like to do it for. And some of you might just say that you enjoy it, right? Um, you know, there's no end result. But but I, I would wager to bet that most of you, that you have an outlet that you're doing this for. It could be hunting, it could be competition, it could be who knows what it is. But the idea is you want to get better or you, or you want to be able to come out of a period of having not done it as much and refresh your skills in order to be at a standard that you need to be able to perform at for work, maybe, or for a competition, or for you know whatever whatever that may be, a hunt, an expensive hunt that you want to go on, and so I think there's a, a really interesting approach, and um, I want to I want to talk about this uh, interesting approach, and and it's kind of to provide the ground level foundation of where you're gonna be able to keep yourself motivated. And so I want to, I want you to ask yourself, I, I always write and scribble notes when I'm doing this, but I want you to ask yourself like, you know, wh- wh- why, right? And, and that's a really open-ended, hard to answer question, but you know, why, why do you want to do this? Because I could tell you something about your motivation. I don't think there's anything wrong with any of the answers. You could, it could sound silly if you say it out loud, like, oh, I just want to beat everybody, or I want to be better than everybody, or I just want to, 
you know, bring back 800 pounds of meat or I just want to, you know, whatever it is. But, but there should be a reason that's motivating why. And then I want you to list out things that you've done that describe how you've trained up to this point and why it got you to where you are and not necessarily where you want to be. And so one, one thing that I might write is, you know, I might train, let's say an average week for me is two or three hours at 100 yards on paper. And, and so I'm going to say, okay, well, that might be what I do there. And then I might say, okay, well, then I shoot, you know, once a week for a couple hours at distance. And so I'll write, you know, I trained at distance. And then if you people dry fire, they could dry fire and say, these are the kind of exercises. I really want you to kind of be a little bit more elaborate about explaining what you've done. You might say, oh, I went and I took a class last year and I expected that to make me better. And, and maybe it did, maybe it didn't. And then after the class, what did you do to, to work on the skills that you were taught and to sustain those skills? And essentially what this is asking is, you know, you're at a level right now and you're performing at a level right now that equals what you've done. And so if you don't like where you've been, the things that you've done isn't good enough, right? It's not enough to be where you'd like to be. And so we need to figure out, first of all, why you want to be there because is it worth changing what you do in order to be in a place that is closer to your goals than you would like to. And for some people, it could be, man, you know what? I like the idea, but I don't really want to do what it takes. And that's a good place to come to. I've had goals like that myself where I've thought, man, you know what? It really is the idea that I like, but what it will take to get there isn't worth the price to pay. And I've backed away from goals because of liking the idea of the end result, but not what it, what it takes to get there. So really what, what, you know, to rehash what I've said so far is trying to find some motivation and then trying to list out what are the things that you generally do. And that's mostly to get a glimpse at the, the time, right? Because there is a time element to this. You can't just say, well, I listen to four podcasts a week and you know, I go to a, comp- a local competition every weekend and that, that's basically it. Like, you know, you might hear a lot of good stuff on a podcast, but if you don't put it into work, if you don't test it and make it your own, um, that's just information in one ear and gone because you can't hear things and just put it immediately into action. So we're looking at time, right? The amount of time per week that you spend. How is that time allotted in the sub-disciplines and towards specific goals that you want so that so that we could say, okay, well, you know, you shoot only at distance and you never shoot a paper at 100 yards and you never dry fire. Okay, well, that's that's telling. Or some people might say, well, you know, I dry fire 80% and then I shoot at distance 20% and I, and I only check my zero at 100 yards. Or some people, you know, like me, it might, might, might say, well, 80%, I shoot at 100 yards and... Um, so, so everybody's got a different ratio of time as well as, uh, allotment to the variety of training methodologies that, that you use. And then do you train with your comp rifle? Do you train with a trainer? Do you train with a different caliber and, and try to be as explicit as you can in terms of mapping out. And so what we're going to basically do here is map out what are the patterns in your life that have got you and sustained you and are keeping you here? Now, somebody that might, might, might be a great shooter, like let, let's just say, I'm just going to drop names because I'm kind of shameless. Let's say that Jake Vibbert was like, you know, what? I'm going to take a year off shooting. 
And I'm just making this up because I don't know because we never talked about it. I'll call him and ask him, or if he listens to this, uh, what well, you know, um, hopefully he'll text me and say, you know what, like you were right or you were wrong. But it, let's let's just say, you know, for some reason he's like, you know what, I, I really wanted to learn how to, um, I wanted to go compete on the Great British Baking Show. So I put guns down for a year and I invested my time in the Great British Baking Show and baking and and I, you know that was just a goal that I had. But after that was done, he's like, you know, I want to get back into shooting, but I haven't touched a gun in a year. Well, chances are he's going to come back still at a pretty high level, and it won't take much to refresh his skills. And he knows that the performance level that he left at, he was doing certain things, and he'll probably be able to get back to that level with much less effort than somebody who's never been at that level in the first place. And I think it's like that across disciplines too. If you take an expert in one discipline, it's easier to train them to be an expert in another because they understand some of the training elements that allow them to get there faster by focus, training plans, being systematic about how you approach this kind of stuff. And so um, not that most people take a year off or two years off and come back but my guess is, you know, there probably are examples in shooting where somebody took some time off and then they came back and they were basically as good as they ever were, even though they weren't putting in the same amount of time training. Um, they had to get there first. And so that, that's the big difference. And that's what I'm pointing out is that, you know, somebody might be able to say, well, off the couch, I could get a trophy. And that might be true. But to get to that level, it took a, a high level of focused effort and mentoring and specific data. And so you draw, draw this map that essentially describes, you know, in, in, in broad but also relative, you know, kind of sp- specific things. And then you say, okay, well, what, what am I hearing about? You know, what, um, because, you know, what you are inclined to do has left you where you are right now. So for all of us, if, if, if we like where we're at, that's awesome. If we don't like where we're at, we're not going to be our best advisors. And in fact, anything that we want to do or, or do, you know, is probably not the right choice because it's left us right here, right? And we're not getting better or, you know, we're stagnating or there's a reason that you're curious about getting better. So if, you know, you want to get better and you're trying to get this glimpse at this, you know, then a really good way to do it, right? And you're doing it now and I do it with, with, with everybody else's podcast is, you know, I just listen to my buddies talk about their perspective on shooting. And, you know, it's a small community, so we're all friends. And I can call them up and say, hey, you know, can you elaborate on this or tell me about this more or something like that. So, you know, usually there's, there's more to it. But I say, okay, gosh, you know, what, what do you do to train this different? Because I'm doing X, Y, Z. And, and, and they might say, well, you know, my discipline is a little bit different than your discipline. And, and so, you know, I'm focused on speed and you're focused on finding a wing call. Or you're focused on gear deployment. I don't need to worry about that because it's in my hands. And so we'll, we'll talk about, all right, well, what... What are the elements that you're employing to improve a specific skill set, not a you know competitive niche skill set? For example, you know how how are you maintaining precision and accuracy? What what is your you know because we all need precision and accuracy that's commensurate with the goals that we have. Oh well, here's what I do for precision and accuracy. Okay, cool. So now I have a list of precision and accuracy drills. But are they going to help me? Well, that that's yet to be seen. And then I say, okay, well, what are you doing for a win, win plan? All right, cool. So then you make a list of people's different win planned ideas, people's different. How are, you, how are you dealing with time management? How are you dealing with stress management? How are you dealing with all these things? And then you rate yourself. You know, I'm a one out of 10 at this. I'm a six out of 10 at this. And so you say, all right, well, now I've got skills that, you know, I'm better at 
and skills that I'm worse at, you know, and, and then you might ask yourself like, well, you know, typically if you drop points, is it a slow bleed or is it that, you know, occasionally you'll just bomb a stage and you can't make that up or, you know, th- there, are, there are often explanations. If you look at somebody's data, usually you can see it pretty quickly or, or at least I can see it pretty quickly, but you also know for yourself, like at, at the last match, there's, there's going to be that match where you wanted to kind of sing a sad song because, you know, the one stage knocked you out of contention for something or did you drop, you know, four out of 10 shots on every stage through the whole match. And, and so those are different broad strokes of, all right, well, we've got different skill sets to work on. And how do you come back from failure? You know, the psychological stuff. And then we start to create a training plan that's sustainable. Here's where an interesting spin on it that, that, that a friend of mine in another discipline was just recently talking about. And that is saying, you know, there, what do you like? Really? And what do you dislike? If I tell you, man, I really want you to dry fire at home. And you say, God, I hate to dry fire. I don't, I don't want to dry fire at home. I just, I don't want to do it. Well, dry fire works specific skill sets. And those specific skill sets can be attacked doing other things. Dry fire isn't the only way to do what dry fire does. Live fire isn't the only way to do what live fire does. Distance isn't the only way to, to accomplish a lot of what distance does. There are a lot of ways to accomplish training a specific skill that isn't necessarily what everybody's yapping about, right? The social media is really good at pooling together, you know, trending ideas. And so those trending ideas might be, um, and, and, and all you would have to do is look at all the podcast topics of all the shooting that you're listening to and say, oh man, you know, everybody's talking about this right now, or everybody's talking about this right now. Those are trending topics, and those trends are probably based on the fact that someone says, this is how I do it. Is that the only way to do it? For example, if I said, um, I wanted to lose 10 pounds, is there, is there an answer for that, right? Of course there's an answer, but there's not one answer, right? There's infinite answers to how do I lose 10 pounds. Some of those are pretty easy, and I would enjoy doing and probably a lot of them I would not enjoy doing. And so making that list of, and this, this kind of goes against like that stoic idea of like, you know, d- you know, doing all the things that you hate is going to make you a better person or something like that. Like, well, I'm not saying that there isn't benefit to psychologically doing things that you're, you're feeling lazy about. But what I'm saying is that if you're training and you're training for a goal, motivation is important. And that motivation for what we're doing doesn't benefit as much by saying, you know, I'm going to do this at 3 a.m., you know, in an ice bath, and then I'm going to walk across, you know, a bunch of Legos on the floor just to be mentally tough, right? That, that's not going to really help you be a better shooter. What's going to make you be a better shooter is being open and positive and psyched enough that you've got the brain chemicals that make the neurologic connections that are necessary for you to see and do and not see and not do the things that you need to do and the things that you don't need to do. And what I'm getting at here, an idea that I like, but I haven't tested a ton, but, it, but when I think about it, I was kind of doing it without identifying it, is you make a list of the things that you enjoy and the things that you really don't enjoy, right? And then you ask yourself, what are the things that I don't enjoy actually working on? And then see if you can come up with a way that trains those elements with techniques that you enjoy, 
right? Some people hate shooting 100 yards of paper. I love it. I could probably spend the rest of my shooting career shooting 100 yards of paper. I would be motivated and completely fascinated with that and studying other people's ability to shoot 100 yards of paper and translate it to distance and look at the effects at distance and then find the shortcomings of their shooting at distance by looking and see whether it's connected to them by 100 yards or whether it's something else by looking at the difference at distance. I just think that that's fascinating to me. And maybe I'll change my mind down the road, but what I'm saying is that what I really like to do, a lot of people would have a hard time doing. I would, I would almost always pass up going out to shoot, you know, there's, um, I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't go to the ranges around here. Like Frank and I have, there's the ranch and then there's, there's the, you know, the place uh, that's close to my house that I shoot paper. Um, of course, you know, I always, I like hanging out with Frank and I like shooting out there, but I could shoot paper there too. So that's not a big deal. But, but like the, you know, there's a local range Pawnee and they've got berms at like, you know, four five, six, seven, eight, nine, a thousand. People like to go out there and just ping those plates over and over again on those berms. I can't think of a reason why I would ever do that over going to my local range and shooting paper personally. Like I just, I just wouldn't do it. Like I don't, I don't, I don't like that. And I do enjoy shooting paper. So what am I working or what am I missing at that distance that I could kind of translate towards it? And can I tackle that doing something that I really enjoy? And those are super broad, right? But, but what I'm trying to say is like, okay, you, you might not like, um, you know, doing bear or, or tripod rear and, and, or techniques or something, or, um, God, I, you know, it's hard for me to imagine what your particular outlets are, but there's something that you might not enjoy training. Well, what, you know, if you if somebody trains offhand, like, you know, I go to these silhouette matches with 22s with these old guys and they're training natural point of aim by offhand shooting these 22s. Well, that's really cool and it's impressive, but, but shooting offhand isn't something that's a super passion of mine and, and, it, and it shows natural point of aim issues, but it's not something that I would motivate to specifically train for and compete in silhouette, NRA silhouette shooting, you know, but, but plenty of people do. Um, I can train NPA other ways. I can train to check NPA many other ways using the things that I do like to shoot off of, which are tripods, right? Or, or the, I, I don't mind, I like shooting off props too, but you know, I think that shooting different heights on tripods is essentially teaching you the same thing. So I like shooting off tripods and there's, there's natural point of aim checks that you could become very fast at on tripods and check that. So if it's NPA training, I can do that in a number of different ways, doing things that I actually enjoy. Deploy my tripod, get up, get on target, make sure I got no wobble, you know, go through my shot process and then do my NPA check before I go into the shot cycle. And I can train that. And if somebody said, man, I, I don't like this, but we need to work on your natural point of aim, we don't have to do it going to shoot offhand, right? We just, we just don't have to. Um, we can find ways that tackle the answer that you're looking for by doing things that you enjoy and removing things that you don't enjoy. And I think if you enjoy it, you're going to be inclined to want to do it more. And that circles back to the time and the skills. And so hashing out those time and skills and then finding the elements to do that, I think are very important. And so, uh, I think that it would be worth your time to write down and list out, you know, things like this and create kind of like a, a mental map or a, um, you know, I got these big post-it notes that I'll sometimes just scribble on and I'll start drawing circles and lines and connections of like, all right, where, where are my strengths and weaknesses for particular goals? 
And if I have a strength, can I, can I leverage that strength to make up for a weakness or do I have to bring the weakness up? Because sometimes something is a weakness because it's harder for me to train or I don't like it or whatever the reason is. So how do you make up for the skills that are necessary for those things that are weak? Obviously, the weak thing needs to get better. The strong things need to stay the same. And the in-between things should also get better and you should be able to integrate it. But doing what you do isn't getting you any better, right? So now, now comes the time of saying, okay, here's this mental map. How are people actually filling in that gap? And how do I take time out of the time distribution that I currently give and put time in a new distribution to fill those voids? Do I have the time and energy and availability by redistributing that bandwidth into a new training plan? And and so then your psyche kind of jumps in and says, well, I don't like that. That isn't the way I do things. And you need to remind yourself, like the way I do things has left me where I'm at. That's not acceptable. I need to start disconnecting the things that I identify with as favorable and most of the time you discover that you only think it's favorable because you saw a post that you liked or you heard a podcast that you liked that resonated, that it worked for somebody else. But plenty of things work for other people, don't work for us. They're at a different stage in life. They're different body size. They're training for a different competition or they're training for the same competition, but they have other things at their disposal that make it not useful or practical for you and so we need to think about you as an individual uniquely, and right? And that, this is really how I start thinking about somebody that I'm coaching. You know, how do I learn who they are and what motivates them and what do they like? And then where are their strengths and weaknesses? And how do we start to address those weaknesses? And really, any growth is a win because that shows that we can break down your patterns and build up patterns around it to not only take your strengths from where you're at now, but but add to them and add to your understanding, right? And so um, give it a shot and see where uh, you end up with your map. And if you can come up with a great training plan for yourself, uh, that's perfect. And it probably, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if some of you say like, man, you know, I didn't think about this and I did that and I realized, man, if I just do this, it'll be different and address my weakness, it'll be fun, and it'll be cool, and then I'll go to a match, and I'll prove it, and all of a sudden I'm doing better, and I feel happy, or I go on a hunt, and um, it was success, and and uh, and then I will jump over to the subcast and give some more specifics about breaking this stuff down, and then about measuring and putting values to some of those metrics that have worked for other people while I uh, sit here and hobble around because I can't lift up more than 10 pounds. So thanks for listening. If you want to support the podcast, go to riflecraft.com and get a subscription. You get the subcast. You get access to metrics and analysis of your targets that you log on riflecraft.com. Right now, it's only a subscription site. And then, um, yeah, and then hit up our sponsors. They will be in the notes, and they will be added into the podcast um, from the host service. And we will be uh, totally psyched. So thanks for listening. Let's talk about Mile High Shooting. If you go to milehighshooting.com and order online right now, anything you get is 5% off. Just sign up, click the button, and you're done. Go to the website, and you're going to see right off the bat, Zeiss LRP S5. I've been playing with my S5. And I like it. 
And I also like the S3. They are kicking ass. We're going to be talking about those guys soon. But other things they carry, well, they only carry good stuff. So they've got AI rifles, AI mags, AI barrels, AI accessories, spur mounts, spur rings. They've got really right stuff, Lapua, Night Force. You can get an ATX outfitted the way that you want it to. And then they've got boatloads of ammunition. They've got boatloads of bullets and powders, as well as every other thing that you could possibly imagine for long-range shooting. I think that they are the ultimate one-stop shop for anybody that listens to this podcast. So hit them up, tell them that the Straight Dope sent you, and you won't be disappointed. They're my local gun shop. They support matches. They support shooters. They're good people, and they can ship all over the country. So whatever it is that you need, they can provide it. Check them out. Get back to the range. <laughs> 